Hello and welcome to Shaken Not Noob, the podcast that contains more than 10 times your daily recommended dose of the specific vitamin that brings out your inner nerd. Vitamin D. (laughs) Vitamin D for dong. I am your prescribing physician, Dr. Fuzzy MD, and with me on this week's episode is my surgeon of mirth, the JD to my Turk, it's Mr. Doctor, Mr. Doctor, Dr. Doody Dutrum. How are we, mate? I, I, think, I think that's a pretty good compliment. I feel like I should be walking around in like sneakers just thinking, I'm going to cut you open, I'm going to cut you open. Um, yeah, no, I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you very much. I'm doing okay for week six of isolation. It's uh, I've, I've lost fucking bad. count, man. I don't know where we're up to, like yeah. isolation-wise. <laughs> we're at the stage now where my beard is starting to get curly, so I know I've been inside for a long time. So yeah, you put a, you, you put a photo up on our shared nerd chat of your beard. And it's looking longer than normal. Oh, that was that was about a week and a half ago, mate. It is uh, it's getting longer. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have some sort of massive beard beard off at the at some stage uh, during the course of this isolation, or once it's over. I know uh, that you started from scratch, though, so you've got a long way to come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a I had a, a video chat or whatever, um, and I had a probably not not necessarily a long beard, but you know when it gets like long enough where you get a wee bit of resistance when you when you're scratching your beard. Like oh, it's yeah. that that sort of half an inch, and I was like, "Oh, I should probably shave this off." So I shaved it off and just gave myself like a mustache and a bit of stubble. And I went, "Look, I like how it looks, but I'm growing it out again, and I haven't touched my mustache. It's going over my bottom lip at the moment." Oh, um, see, yeah, that's the yeah, trick for young players. You got to keep the mustache trim. That's the part that uh, that's where all the food goes. So, nah, nah, uh, nah, nah, dog, nah. <laughs> I've been, um, I've, I've, I've not not recently found, but I've. Re refound, if that's a word. I've, I've refamiliarized myself with the band. Rediscovered. <laughs> rediscovered. That's the word I was looking for. I've rediscovered a band of my angsty teenage years, and Ooh, um, they're, they're still pretty good. I, I'm actually listening to their new shit quite frequently, and they've actually gotten like really good. Not to say that they weren't good, um, but like the lead guitarist now has this great big bushy beard, and I'm like, fuck, I want one of those. <laughs> Hey mate, I'm sure you have already surpassed what our colleagues uh, Ian. Well, actually, just Ian. I'm, I'm very surprised. <laughs> Ian's beard, like his his goatee, actually looks quite good. I'm I, I've I've I think it was maybe about three or four weeks ago. Now I met up with Ian at a park, and we just literally just walked his dog. Um, and his goatee was actually looking pretty good. I actually didn't mind it. It reminded yes. me a lot of the evil Cartman from South Park, but it looked yeah. pretty good. Like I was thinking, the devil from Rick and Morty, like you know. Uh, the devil be arch, what, what? That guy. Oh, yeah. the antique store devil. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that guy. No, <laughs> it, like, it, it's, he's, he's got a weird stubble phase, I will say. His stubble looks weird, but now that it's actually gotten a wee bit of length into it, it doesn't look bad. Uh, goatee Ian looks okay. I think we're going to have to put up photos so people can see our progress now, and, yeah. and then, then in six months um, when we um, finally get out of isolation. So, well, Tom's got a fucking beard now. Tom's never had a beard before. He's always I just been mustache. It's fucking glorious too. So, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, it's, a, it's always patchy on the sides and on the bottom. I'm like, just let it fucking grow, motherfucker. It'll just fill out. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking good. Um, yes, I mean, check out all the boys. We uh, we will put something up. I definitely think we have to, just to show everybody exactly how suit um, we all are at this I point think, of time. I think the only thing you need to cut, my man, is we need it. We need to raise your head, or Hannah, uh, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Fuzzy needs to raise your head. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen because I look like a cancer patient. 
Anyway, moving on to gaming news because uh, that's what we're here to talk about. Games, games, and more games. Yes, um, there is heaps of news. It's a lot about records that are being broken because... Um, as we've talked about in the last few weeks, lots of people playing games because they're at home a lot doing fuck all. So they're playing games now. But they, I will say, as a bit of a rider to that, a lot of the production has slowed down quite a bit. So yeah. probably not immediately, but in the um, sort of medium term, we're going to see some of these games potentially get pushed out. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But um, there is some good news for now for the games that are available. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, which we talked about last week. That went out and sold over 3.5 million copies in three days. That is fucking huge. People, I, I, people are loving FF7. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, we, we talked about it last week, ad nauseum, myself and Tom. Um, and it was, yeah, it was great to talk about, great to play, really in, a good game to get into. 3.5 million copies is a huge amount of copies to go through. So... Yeah, I mean, get on board. If you're not already, it's still out there and it's still available in the shops um, exclusively uh, on the old PlayStation for the first 12 months. Yeah, yeah. I I, I will say I've been chatting to our good friend uh, Oz from, of course, Some Like It Slabbed and Incognito Comics, um, and he is on his, if I'm not mistaken, he's already finished his second run-through of Final Fantasy VII, um, he may be on his third. He he legitimately wants to 100% this game. Like, he wants to, you know, if there's a, a, a trophy for one hitting a frog or something like that, he'll 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 do it. Um, and he's absolutely loving it. Like, I've recommended, like, cool, you've finished Final Fantasy for the second fucking time. Play Doom 2016. Play Human Fall Flat. Play something else. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I want to finish. I want to finish it a third time. Okay. <laughs> He's a glutton for punishment, that bloke. But yes, look, I mean, if he's enjoying it, why why not? I mean, there is... I don't know how much there is to, to replay, though, as far as... like There, there was a solid amount of story here. A lot yep. of the content in there you're going to see you know, see twice, and the second time you see it, it's probably going to be enough for you. Like, I, there's, a, there's a lot of... Like, the first time you see it, great. The second time you go through, I, I think it might dry out a little bit. Um, I, but it's a good experience for first off. There, there's no. I'm, I'm, I'm. The only thing I have seen in regards to Final Fantasy VII is, of course, last week's episode. But there is the video review you did on the Shaken Not Nerd uh, YouTube page. Is there, um, uh, sort of multiple paths you can follow in Final Fantasy VII? Like, you know, run down the corridor or face the monster. Or like, you know, sort of like how Resident Evil Three, the OG Resident Evil Three, used to have the, you know, run from Nemesis or fight Nemesis. Like, is there different options you can choose throughout the campaign? Not really. I mean, you can choose the order in which you do certain things, but, I mean, realistically, it's just kind of one and done. Like, that is just the option. So it's very much like you're driven down a pathway, and, yeah, yeah that's kind of what you follow. So uh, I, I don't know, again, like, the replayability factor there for me just seems to, to lessen quite a bit. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, but yes, we'll see. Uh, we'll see in due time how that goes. But yeah, look, I think there'll be enough to play on. It'll be good to sort of catch up on, and then uh, as you get into the next edition um, of this game, which will be due out at some point in time. That that is a. I've been watching. Um, there is a there's a, a device or platform out there called Twitch, um, and I have been watching. Um, <laughs> oh. friend, 
<laughs> Twitch, you say? We have one. <laughs> um, no, but I've been watching our friend um, Conan Cosplays, who is, uh, we, I believe you, you even interviewed him at Supernova. He was dressed as uh, as Kratos and oh, yeah. provided you with a, uh, with a Shazam and he didn't know who Shazam was. Um, but he's actually, he's doing a lot of streaming at the moment for his Twitch uh, stream. Uh, and funnily enough, I'm, mo- I'm a moderator on his stream. But he did a lot of Final Fantasy streams um, and th- the only thing that's bugging me i don't know if it's necessarily bugging you but when you're running around playing final fantasy 70 are you finding it it's an issue that cloud's legs are clipping through his giant fucking sword on his back a little bit i mean but that's that comes with games i I, I don't yeah yeah, i'm not really fussed by it to be completely honest i mean it's something that you come to expect when you play a game at all like there's always going to be a bit of texture pop and all the rest of it and he is wearing this sword that's almost as tall as he is so you know there's little things like you know as he sits down on a bench to rest and regain health like he adjusts the sword slightly but in all other aspects it is a giant fucking sword that is just almost impossible for him to be carrying and he does yeah so you just you kind of just roll with it um as as, you know it's one of the most it's not one of the most ridiculous things and it doesn't i don't think it detracts from the final product because that's just a a gaming thing that you're going to get wherever you go it, 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 it's not necessarily as a, as a negative remark against the game, but it reminds me a little bit of, say, Dynasty Warriors. If you're running along the side of a, of a wall or a building or something and the sword is, like, massively clipping into the wall and they're not having an effect to it, like, for, for those small sort of things for me, it's like, well, no, the, the object that's used as a hit marker is going through... A, a physical object of a wall it's it's yeah. it's it's annoying me but it, it, it's i can yeah. appreciate that people would find that annoying and yes for some people that would take them out of it it's one of those things that i just turn just turn a blind eye to because if i start looking at that level of detail i'm looking at the wrong things in the game i'm looking at you know there's like a level of that game that i'm not interested in i'm interested in the enjoyment and the general feel for this particular game rather than the minute details of oh that fucking texture didn't work properly or this didn't work properly or yeah right yeah you're just looking at it from a negative perspective i think so trying to review it and think about it from an overall aesthetic i think the game works well enough yeah, right. Yeah, fair enough. There we go. Uh, moving on to another game that's done some uh, some really good business. I reviewed this, uh, did like a video review for this. We talked a little bit about this uh, this game um, on the podcast. It was referred to us by our good friend uh, Matt Commons, uh, 2Ts, 2Ms. Uh, we cast That's the one. Um, he, it's, it's a game called Gris. Now, this is a little indie title that you can get now. I believe it's on Steam and also on um, Switch. I played it on Switch. Fucking beautiful. This is like journey level uh, beautiful kind of game. Lots of watercolors and really just amazing to to watch and play through. Uh, That game has just sold a million copies. Um, Jesus. I know, you know, we just talked about you know, Final Fantasy VII selling uh, 3.5 million in in three days. Um, A million copies for an indie title is epically huge. Um, Oh, yeah, definitely. yeah, so I think they've done such an amazing job. And if you haven't played this game already you're, um, and you are into indie games, as I said, like Journey, I think is the probably the closest comparison that you're going to find. Uh, this game is exactly on par with that, and it deserves to sell more than a million copies. It's it's awesome. Um, so congratulations to them. Like they've, uh, I think it's Nomada Studios. They're I think they're Spanish. 
Um, it's literally like a guy of a, a team of like four or five guys tops, and it's just beautiful. So, um, yeah, congratulations to them. One million copies of Grist. You can get it now, and and you should. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's the thing as well. Like when it comes to to AAA games, like. Final Fantasy or Resident Evil or, or you know Doom or, or some massive massive sort of game when I recommend a, a game to yourself or you to me or you know anyone to anyone in regards to AAA games like it's a AAA game sure but Matt recommended an indie game that indie games are sometimes harder to recommend because you need to know the game and you need to know what that other person likes if you can recommend an indie game to someone and they love it like you love Gris then that's a, that's a massive sort of that's a massive achievement compared to say a, a AAA game that you know sells you know three million copies in a week and stuff like that. So, exactly right. Yeah. 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 So there we go. So um, congratulations to Chris. Um, now moving on to another game that sold probably a bazillion copies in the last five seconds. Um, it is Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, still going Yuck. strong. <laughs> um, I've uninstalled my copy of that game, and because <sighs> you cannot trade in games anymore currently in Australia, it's sitting there on a shelf collecting dust. Oh, well, there we go. Look, uh, other people are still enjoying it and having fun with it. Um, I am included in that number. Um, I've played Warzone a couple of times with our good mate Ollie. Um, it's, it's what PUBG wants to be. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's wow. It, <laughs> it's a very polished version of that, and it's 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 a good enough game in itself. Uh, but look, there is a lot of problems with it now because we've had a lot of um, so Warzone the uh, their battle royale mode uh, is free to play, so anyone can pick it up. Um, there is also the crossplay functionality, which has been you know a lot of people have been talking about for years. Uh, we yeah. want to play with our Xbox mates, and they've gone yeah yeah sure we've heard that, and we'll give you Xbox and your PC players as well, which is probably one of the biggest I, sticking points so yeah far. i will i will say that's a positive with uh with call of duty uh modern warfare is it no is it yeah modern warfare? yeah yeah right um that conan cosplays i've been playing with him on because he's playstation i'm xbox um so we've we have played some crossplay games i've you know i've made a couple of mates with with his mates um but the only negative i have about that is you can't private chat crossplay which you have to public chat and listen to all the yeah, i'm gonna fuck your mother sort of st- you know chat like that yeah, you can party up though, and um, and set it up off like it, it takes a bit of fidgeting around with, but you can party up and have private chats within your groups, even oh, really? across platforms. Yep, it's it's really? possible. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it works. It works well. Um, but yeah, so I think a lot of those crossplay features have worked really well. Unfortunately, one of the things that hasn't worked well uh, is PC going back to console. And there was the initial thing of, oh, okay, we've got you know, just open slather. PC players were killing console players, and they went, okay, well, we've got to take that off. So if you're playing on PC, you have to have your controller. Mm. And then they've found ways to cheat the game now. So <laughs> what's yeah. happening is they're applying cheats within the PC mode and going in and just like trashing players in the uh in the game world as we would have expected um so there's stuff like they're actually uh, they clone it so it looks like it's you know they're on controllers but they're actually playing with keyboard and mouse which is a huge advantage um when you're playing this kind of stuff so they've they've been doing a lot of reporting a lot of banning of players it's been going on all over the place the problem is with warzone um because it is a free-to-play thing they just create new accounts they're like fuck it it doesn't matter i can just create new accounts and it's fine so we're getting just people just spamming it in there and just continuing to play even after they've been banned uh, on the other accounts 
they're now talking about doing this thing where they've uh, they're going to be upping the security levels uh, within the game um, and upping their investigation methods so that they can um, any players who are reported or suspected cheaters um, will essentially get put into their own pools. So it's only essentially like a league of cheaters all on their own. So that's it's it's sort of an issue that's going on like I, I've I have read or, or seen news articles pop up that cheaters are going to be matched with other cheaters when it comes yep. to playing games um, it's a it's a not necessarily an issue but oh yeah it is an issue but like I've been chatting to uh, to Aaron who guested on the uh, Captain Marvel episode that we did on Check and Not uh, Nerd sure. uh, and Matt Combs and stuff like that in regards to playing some Siege not necessarily like I'm like oh have you played Siege have you played the new operators because I play a lot of PC now compared to console um, and like you know, maybe every three or four months I'll I'll jump on the console and I'll catch up with them or I'll play something with them or whatever if they're free or if they've got a free spot. Um, and they say they don't play a lot of Siege anymore on the consoles now because they're finding that um, a lot of people are using an external plugin to actually plug their keyboard into the... Um, Xbox into this adapter and then plugging into the Xbox. The Xbox thinks it's a controller, but it's actually a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, yeah. So and then they can play Siege without the mouse and keyboard. Yeah, and it's shit, and it shouldn't be happening. And you know, that's it's hopefully something that we can weed out in the future. But I think they like what everybody's calling for at this stage is the console players are like, yes, we want crossplay. We just want to play with other console players. We just want to play with our Xbox mates. Unfortunately, like PC players just have too much of an advantage. They need to, you know, essentially just play amongst themselves. So I th- I, to be completely honest, I'm in that boat as well. I think it should just be consoles versus consoles. I think there's too much opportunity for, for cheats to be applied, mods, um, all sorts of stuff that can be applied within a PC environment that can't be applied on the Xbox. Plus you get th- quicker reaction times with the mouse compared to yeah. a, a thumbstick as well yeah i think they should just like completely ban that like just cross play for me should just be within those console environments unless it's games and for the most part that's just going to have to stay that way i don't think there's any games where there's an advantage to have a console over a a keyboard and mouse i think it's just simply not possible to get that that much of an advantage not necessarily a, a sorry not necessarily a advantage in regards to, to playing consoles PC but I have heard some some praise if you will in regards to cross playing PC and say Xbox for conversation um, my brother over in New Zealand is playing uh, Sea of Thieves on the console he loves his Sea of Thieves he actually has a lot of fun playing it um, but he plays it with friends who are on the PC and he finds that there's no issue if he's playing on console, but playing against other players who are playing on PC, it's like they've deliberately mapped sort of the the controls, if you will, for the PC port over to Sea of Thieves to make it more of an even even playing field. And same thing with stuff like Rocket League. Yeah. So there 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 are some, but for things like Call of Duty or Siege or or first person shooters where bandwidth or your your internet speed and your reaction times and everything matters, it, man. Every yeah, single exactly. half second matters. So I think there's yeah, yeah they've got to look at that. So they are looking at that. Hopefully they're going to make improvements and hopefully that will help people to at least have a better experience when it comes to those games because you know you don't want people bitching and moaning about those kind of games. They are the ones that will you know people will moan about anything. Um, and this is the big one. So 
good to see they've made some improvements and uh, and hopefully that will continue in uh, into the near future. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to, and that's the thing. At least crossplay's been done. It's not still, you know, at the you know maybe we'll do it one day sort of thing. Yes, that's it. Well, look, um, Mr. Duty Dutrum, we are brought to you today by uh, good sponsors at Culture Shock Collectibles. Tell the good Indeed. people about them. Culture Shock, man, they're the fucking, they're the Funko Pop guys. They're the Hot Toy guys. They're, they're the, look, Incognito's your comic books, Culture Shock's your collectibles. Like, it's in the title, it's in the name. Um, I've recently just put through an order f- with uh, with our good mate Mikey from Culture Shock. Uh, of course, you probably heard Mikey on the Resident Evil 3 episode. Um, so I've just been on a... I, I don't know how I got on it. I think it's probably due to Phil, but I've gone on a massive Power Rangers high. Um, <laughs> and I've been reading Power Rangers and watching Power Rangers. And um, from that, I've gone, you know what? I'm like, I'm watching some old school episodes. I'm like, fuck yeah, I remember this episode. Fuck yeah. And I went, holy <laughs> shit, when I was a kid, the green Power Ranger was my fucking favorite. Like, he was evil and then he turns good. He's sort of the Vegeta of Power Rangers. And um, essentially, there's a... Sorry, I had to sort of mid-burp. Um, there's a... Uh, <laughs> There's a new Hasbro have actually taken over for toys for Power Rangers instead of like Saban and stuff like that. So Hasbro now have the rights for Power Rangers in regards to merchandising, and um, they're releasing the. I think it comes out around June, July. So I've already put my expression of interest in, and it is the uh, the dragon. It is the uh, the dragon flute, the dragon dagger of uh, the Green Power Ranger. So it's a it's this dagger that's probably about. Eight inches long, if not a bit longer. Um, it's a dagger. Yeah, it's, it's my dirt. Uh, it's a, it's a dagger that's got um, on the handle like weird saxophone flute buttons, and you can actually push the buttons down if you're not a, if if you don't know what I'm talking about. And um, the green Power Ranger uses the buttons on the flute to summon his dragon sword and you know use it to shoot rockets out of its hands and shit so i've actually put my expression of interest down with michael being like once that's in i'm fucking getting one um so i've, I've put myself down for that i've ordered some new funko pops out of power rangers uh the director krennic hot toy is going to be coming out very soon it's released in hong kong at the moment so it's going to be hitting australian sh- uh, shores very soon so i've got mm-hmm. myself down for that i've just picked up a new collectible cabinet there's a heap of fucking room in that so i've already got a spot laid out for the dragon dagger um I might even get more. I'm, I'm on a massive fucking Power Rangers high. And there's some new Ninja Turtle stuff that's coming out. These, like, little Q figs. They're, like... The box is, like, the size of a Funko Pop. And it's probably the size of a Funko Pop. But it's not, like, this weird fucked up proportion like a Funko Pop is. It's, like, a miniature version of the character, like, handcrafted detail doing, like, an awesome pose or something. Mm. Um, and there's these really cool um, Ninja Turtle ones that I might get as well. Yeah, nice. I did yeah, see yeah. the uh, yeah the Captain Marvel one looks uh, fairly interesting. Looks like she stuck her hand in jelly or something. Um, yeah, the new uh, the new Avengers Endgame Captain Marvel at the end of the film where she's got her short haircut and her colours are reversed from the film's yeah. version. So rather than it being like a red suit, it's now a blue suit. It's got the crushed or not crushed, but it's got the the pre loved Hulk Infinity Gauntlet clicky gauntlet thingy uh, yeah. it's got that it's got the yogurt hands in regards to her powers <laughs> it looks fucking weird man the, the uh, i gotta say the haircut makes her look much more like a boy um than it needs to like the movie cut was kind of short back and sides kind of thing but this she just looks like a boy so well, um it's a well, bit that's weird. the thing like hot toys get it really really right sometimes like if you mm. if you go on to fucking what a, you go into culture shock collectibles you take a look at the director Krennic and then you take a look at Ben Mendelsohn as Krennic it looks it looks fantastic but then you look at you look at 
the Captain Marvel that just came out, and you're like, okay, cool, yeah, I like Captain Marvel, and then you realize it looks like Jane Lynch. Yeah, it's it's, going, it's definitely not their best. <laughs> no, it's 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 literally the same head sculpt, but they've just changed their hair. And I'm like, it's it's not that man. You need to change the expression. You need to change some shit because it just yeah. Hot toys are they're hit and miss. Majority of the time they hit, but this one's a flat fucking miss. Yeah, what you need you is to- the um the the Punisher when he's in the war machine armor. Like that one's oh, pretty cool. <laughs> like there was this, this was like oh, shit a year and a half, maybe two years ago now. I had. For nerds, they're going to fucking lose their shit. And some people might even Google it. Iron Man 2, right? That's the first time you see War Machine. He's in, like, the Iron Man Mark II armor, but they put all this fucking guns and shit on him. He's this big beefcake of a fucker. Um, and I had one of those, and it was all made out of die cast. So it was all this really heavy metal. Yeah. When they came out brand new, they were, like, 550 600 bucks. They now retail for about 1200 1400 bucks. And I traded that for a fucking Ghost Rider that is worth $400. Fair enough. I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> so this new Punisher war machine is uh, is very tempting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it looks pretty awesome. Well, there we go. CultureShockCollectibles.com. Yeah. You can check them out for all your nerdy needs. They're on Facebook. Uh, they're on the internet. They will deliver to you. So you can have all your hot toys still from the comfort of your own home. That's how they do business. This is like the time that they were meant to be. Um, they have they have everything that you need. So check them out, uh, CultureShockCollectibles.com. Now, yep. now um, this week, Mr. Doody Dudgeon, we've got a couple of games to review. I want to start with yours because it sounds like a lot of fun. Do you want to tell us about your game that you've been uh, playing this week? Yes. So uh, for, for any of you who love... Uh, you've got a, you got a do, you got a jib. No, you got, uh, you got a housemate, you got a, a, a wife or a husband or a partner, or you got kids. Any, if, if you're, if, if I will say this game is perfect. If for those sad people, if you're not living alone, this game is per. You, you can still play it if you're living alone, but it's <laughs> it's it's a really good couch co-op game. It's a really good couch game, um, and it's not hard. It's it's not adult. It's it's friendly for every age, and it's got those subtle adult jokes, sort of like old school Simpsons in it. And I'm talking about Moving Out. Uh, it's the latest release by uh, uh, SMG Games, Devon Games, and Team Seventeen Digital. Uh, it is essentially. In layman's terms, if you've uh, played uh, Overcooked before, instead of cooking meals, you're moving furniture. You're okay. instead of being a chef, you are a removalist who has essentially been hired to go to your your customer or your client's house, grab their items, which in most cases they've already sort of boxed, and just throw it on the mo- removalist truck. That's it. Okay. Um, it's incredibly simple. It's incredibly fun. It's that over the top sort of animated fun style, um, and. <sighs> It's. I will say it's more simpler and easier to play in regards to say Overcooked, where uh, Overcooked is, is fantastic. It's a fun game. I absolutely love Overcooked. There's there's videos on the Shake and Not Nerd channel of you know me, Tom, and Ian yelling at each other. Grab a carrot. Grab it. This. Grab it. That. But this game's more necessarily easier because you're not having to sort of in overcooked you have to go to a bin and then pull a tomato out of the bin and then chop the tomato some of the the mechanics are a little bit um yeah time consuming but not non yeah yeah it's it's one of those ones that's just not natural it seems like okay i could just be here and just do one thing but it makes you do like five things to get the same result yeah yeah so for 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 overcooked you know especially say with with yeah you you pull a tomato out of the tomato drawer where you know vegetables or whatever are kept and then you need to cut it and then you need to put it in with the salad and put it in with the onion all that sort of stuff like that like there's multiple components to it and 
moving out is more simple, but in some way more complex. So if uh, moving out, essentially, it, it, you'll get a layout of the land. It'll when you start a level, it'll show you what the, the map of the level looks like. It'll sort of give you a, a zoomed out look of it. What items need to be picked up, and it will tell you how many players or how many people are required to move that. So for like a box or a TV or a or a, a gaming console or something like that, it generally one person. Um, but if it's a couch or a bed or a dining table, two people because you know, one person needs to pick it up each side. Um, but it gets more complex in regards to rather than, you know, having to cut the tomato and fucking dress it and all that sort of stuff. You have It's more physics-based like Human Fall Flat in regards to you need to pivot and turn the table out of the, the fucking kitchen into the living room and then take it outside. Or it's, it's more that like, okay, I'm turning left on my controller because you're on the opposite side of the table. You need to turn right. It inverts the controls and makes it more confusing in that regard. It's, it's incredibly simple. It's incredibly fun. The first couple of hours of this game I played solo, just playing by myself. And the game does, if you're playing it solo, the game will drop the difficulty in regards to moving things like a bed or, okay. a, or a table or whatever. So it'll let the one person move it. But it's, it'll be annoying because you'll pull it out of the door and then realize it's wedged on something. So you need to go to the other side of the bed, f- figure out how it's wedged, pivot it left or right, and then push it out. Um, and it's... It's just this really fun sort of game that, you know, Little Fuzz and, and Mrs. Fuzz and yourself, like, you could legitimately just download the game, pick up three controllers, start playing. There's no having to learn the game. It's like after about five minutes, you're like, cool, this is pick up, this is drop. Small items you can actually throw. So if if you're sitting on the second story of a, of a building and, you know, the removalist truck is outside by the window... Yeah, it's that kooky, fun kind of style where you can break the window and throw the, throw the you know the box out the window, and there's no negative points for breaking a window or anything. It's that you're removalist. Of course, you're supposed to break stuff, but it's that um, that fun arcade style of it. Um, and even the attention to detail is really great in regards to you're moving a microwave or a TV. You start to you know pick it up from the coffee table or pick it out from the kitchen, and you get a bit of resistance as you realise that the appliance is plugged in, mm. and there's no option to you know go over and unplug it. You literally just keep pulling on it until it snaps out of the wall. <laughs> so it's it's this arcade fun sort of removalist game that I think it works for all ages. Like my wife isn't a isn't a massive gamer; she's played you know a handful of games. But after ten minutes of the game, you know, she was laughing and having fun. And then after a couple of hours of the game, I was like, "Pivot to your left." She's like, "I can't fucking pivot to my left. There's a fucking <laughs> coffee table there." So, um, it's, you pivot it's, <laughs> exactly. It's it's this. It starts off really fun, and then you start to have that little bit of a like you're actually moving furniture in real life in regards. Don't your left? I can't fucking turn to my left. Um, so you, it's it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. The only negatives I've really had with it in regards to, and I can't really call them negatives because if you get rid of these issues, it's not challenging. Um, but if you're playing single player, there's no trolley or dolly or anything you can use that a traditional removalist would have. Like if you're removing the fridge, single player, you literally just pick it up and you sort of waddle it to the truck. But if you've got two players, you sort of both pick it up and you can just sort of pick it up and move it as you sort of like a tandem bicycle if you will um yep. we had that issue you can throw items if it's a single uh, item so sort of a you know briefcase or a or gaming unit tvs you can't really throw it'll say one person can pick it up and one person can pick up the tv and move the tv 
but it's sort of like a struggle. Like you can see your characters physically struggling to hold the TV. Like it's a heavy item, so they move a little slower. Um, and then when you push the throw button, it's like, no, you need two people to throw it. So it's like, okay, you've told me one person can carry it, which I can, but why can't I throw it? Because you've said one person can carry it. One person should be able to throw it. Um, and the mechanics for throwing something like a couch or a bed for two players you both need to be sitting on polar opposite sides of the furniture. So one at the head of the bed, one at the tail of the bed. Mm. And you need to hold down a button. Both need to hold down a button and you both need to let go of the button at the same time. So it'll sort of start like a swinging, a swinging sort of function. Yeah. And, and you can't necessarily control which way the swing is going. So it'll have this cone of vision coming out from the couch going, you're going to throw it this way. And you can't go, I don't want to throw it to the left. I want to throw it to the right. How do I do that? Okay, you actually have to flip around and, and both face in the opposite directions to flip it the other direction. I'm like, no, you should both hold down X, both point. No, X is the button on Xbox, so it would be, what, square on PlayStation. You both need to point in a certain direction and hold down a certain button to swing it in that direction or throw it in that direction, and you can't. Um, other than that, it's a fantastic... It's that kooky fun game. Like, I played as a character who has a toaster for a head. And <laughs> when you... When you when you put something into the removalist truck perfectly, the toast pops out of your head golden brown. Like it just like you just hear this pop and toast pops out of your head. Yeah. Um, but if you're struggling moving a couch or something by yourself, your character will physically struggle, and for the toaster, he'll physically struggle, and then the toast in his head will start to burn, and he'll shoot out burnt toast out of his head. So it's just like this little fun sort of. It's a it's a thirty dollar game. It's this little small fun indie perfect little bundle of a game mm. that has like this attention to detail and sort of those Simpson adult jokes attached like there's a level in the game called Pizza Palace and I'm like okay cool whatever and then you real and then I'm like okay there's a fuckload of pizza boxes and you know pizza like slices around the around this house I'm like okay cool it's called Pizza Palace and then after like you know a couple of minutes of playing I'm like there's a fucking turtle running around this level like just this <laughs> normal turtle just running around the level. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. It's it's some small reference at the Ninja Turtles. And then as I z- like actually like squinted my eyes and sat closer to the TV, I'm like, there's a fucking eye mask around that turtle. Hmm. Like there's a little red eye mask around it. There's a level called Jerry's Apartment. That's a, a ripoff of Jerry Seinfeld's apartment. There's the uh, the house. There's uh, Cameron's house from Ferris Bueller. And there's a box on top of the car. And when you go get the box off the car, it lifts the car off and shoots out the back window. <laughs> like it's, They've made all these like little fun little references to other movies and pop culture things. It's a fantastic game. I, honestly, I really like it. And it is, at this moment, so far, my indie title of the year. It's fantastic. Yeah, nice. I definitely recommend it for for people stuck at home with housemates and wives and kids and stuff like that because it's this simple pick-up-play fun. There's no... It's not like a fighting game where let me learn the buttons or it's not like a... It's not like Minecraft or what am I doing? It's like you're moving furniture. You, mm. It's 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 not hard. It's an over-the-top sort of eagle-eye view. It's, it's fantastic. I love it. Um, I'm going to give it a four and a half. Yeah, nice. There we yeah, go. Uh, it's great fun. Yeah, um, it, it sounds like a good party game. It sounds like one of those games that uh, people will enjoy um, if you, you're just sitting around doing nothing. Like, I mean, it's one of those games like Overcooked that I think people will will get into, right? It's it's less complex than Overcooked because Overcooked is like, okay, cool, what do we need for the, the burger? We need lettuce, tomato, and burnt, and this and that. Like, you need to call out what you want to do. And if you've got, say, like a four-year-old, not necessarily a four-year-old, but if you've got 
a kid that just wants to play games and not have to worry about doing this or doing that or having to to relate what you want what you need to be done to your kid like you just want to have that sort of pick up and play immediately sort of like a Mario Kart just pick up and play yeah um, this is where it works but it's yeah. got that complexity because some of the level designs it's like cool you need to get this bed out of the bedroom but the problem is there's a fish tank as soon as you walk out of this bedroom door and you can't move the fish tank. So how do you get the bed out? If you've got two players in the room, you can throw it out the window, which is fine. You yeah. break the window and there's a bit of laughs and all that sort of stuff and there's no negative points of breaking a window. But it's like if you're if you know if if your wife, your kid, your partner, your housemate is on the other side in the kitchen like pulling the fridge out, it's like cool, I can't get the bed out by myself. I need to pivot it and wiggle it and stuff like that to get it past the fish tank. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh well, there we go. Check it out. Um, yeah, you can find it anywhere. Where did you you played this on um, on Xbox here? Oh yeah, I did play this on Xbox. It is available on the Nintendo Switch, the PlayStation Four, the Xbox, and the PC on Steam. It's all about thirty bucks each, even on the Nintendo Store, which is most like like it, it's the most expensive digital market, I would say. But it's still like thirty thirty five bucks. Yeah, it's awesome. like seven hundred megabytes, so it's not a big it's not a big download size. It's absolutely fantastic. I did do a video review for anyone interested as well. It's it's a load of fun. I honestly love this game. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Thanks for that, man. That sounds uh, sounds like fun. Sounds like one that we may be getting to avoid going crazy at home. With I, I definitely I definitely say pick it up for Little Fuzzmo, man. Like I, yeah. I think you'd have a load of fun playing with this. And if you've got four mates over, it's a four-player co- couch co-op game and, like, one person can play as an actual, like... It's a person body, but their head is a cup of ramen noodles with, like, chopsticks in. <laughs> and, like, they'll drop sauce and noodles will fly out of their heads. And Love it's it. just this kooky fun game. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> there we go. Well, look, from the, uh, the ultra-obscure and weird to the completely sensible and hardcore sim, uh, this week... I played MotoGP 20, uh, the latest edition of the MotoGP franchise coming at you live and hot and as fast as a bike that goes 350 kilometers an hour. Um, now, have you ever played any of these, uh, like the motorcycle games? I know you play a lot of F1, but have you played the MotoGP series at all? I haven't played... Oh, maybe like, you know, those arcade ones where you yeah. actually get on a motorbike, like <laughs> a fake motorbike sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I've gotten into a lot of arguments with, you know, family in regards to what requires more skill, the MotoGP or the Formula One. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time I've been told I'm wrong. But I will say there's the... Uh, it, 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 I have gotten a couple of emails in regards to... Or, sorry, we have gotten a couple of emails in regards to the, the MotoGP. Um, it is becoming more tempting... But mm. to be honest, it's it's one of those titles that like, it's sort of like when you love AFL, for example, you love or NRL, whatever sport you may love. Yeah. You absolutely love West Ham or Green Bay Packers or whatever it is. And then there's another sport that's going, hey, your sport isn't going, but ours is. <laughs> and it's a little, it's got wheels and an engine. Yeah. And we go really fucking fast. And the photo you sent me. We make you look like the green power. <laughs> so maybe take a look at us. And I'm sitting there going, nah, no, 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 no. I'm a former one guy. No, 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 no. 
Uh, look, and oh, yeah. it's it's one of those things. I, I get that you know there is the the two wheels versus four wheels argument, and and all the rest. Are totally fine. I think this is one of those games that it, it's it's going to be perfect for people who love motorcycles, uh, perfect for people who like motorcycle racing or just watching the GP. It's I mean this gives you as somebody who's who's you know who has ridden motorbikes for years, it gives you an an experience like. Uh, yeah. as close as you can get to uh, to riding a motorcycle without actually having to get off your couch. That, um, that is actually a, a, a question that mm. springs to mind because, you, of course, you used, you, you, know, you used to own a motorcycle. Mm. How does it compare to, you know, you had a, a nice cruiser from memory and yeah. how does it compare to going from legitimately riding a motorbike, you know, out in the country to to playing on a on a track like is it is oh, it man. similar does it give you the same sort of vibe or how does, I, yeah how does that work it was like as somebody i'm used to leaning into corners and doing all the rest of it and getting sideways these guys go to the next level of getting sideways and do things that shouldn't be possible by all common laws of physics but they manage to do it and it's just it's it's nuts how they do it and there's this one camera mode that you get which is so you can have just your regular sort of chasing camera you can have one where it's just like a sort of a helmet cam so it looks you're kind of getting a lean on it the whole time you can see the edges of the helmet so it's like you know very close to the experience of riding and then there's one where they do realistic head position and so this one where you know if you've got a rider who leans out over the side of the bike and does all sorts of stuff that the head will move against the bike as it like it to different points and it's just it was unsettling i did one lap like that and i had to change the settings because it was just i was too uncomfortable you know you're traveling at like these these yeah computer generated speeds of 330 to 350 kilometers an hour and it's nuts and it just it it makes you feel sick, like almost seasick. You get motion sickness from sitting in it. So, the way that they've captured that in this game is is incredible. They yeah, you get a little bit of that in Formula One with you know when you're in the cockpit and you get that cockpit view. But having the head moving around, you know, contrary to the position of the car, is. It, it's really unsettling. So, I think Cause yeah. I, I will say that's a that's a thing with. Because with if, if I've never ridden a motorbike, I want one. I'm not <laughs> one. Um, but you look at you look where you want to go, not where you're going in regards to taking yeah. a corner or something like that. And I would presume that this you know, the driver's helmet mode view in regards to MotoGP. When it comes to a corner, you're not looking at where yeah. you are; you're looking at where you're wanting to to turn. Exactly and right. Yeah, you can't. Not necessarily that you can't get that with Formula One because your head doesn't really turn as you're turning, but with Formula One, it's all about the G-force because you're going so fucking fast. You've got all the negative Gs sort of against your neck. It, it'd sort of be like having your, your screen rumble and stuff like that due to the G-force, which I don't think would translate well compared to the the driver's perspective for a MotoGP. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what it is. It's it's really like it gives you that realistic like very very realistic uh, sensation of you know traveling in this position and looking all over the place and not just looking straight ahead. And it's it, it's really bizarre. So I think there will be some people that will ride like that. Um, but for somebody who just want like as an arcade experience because you're not actually leaning, it's it's a little bit hard to to fathom and hard to to get to terms with so um yeah very bizarre experience but look 
what it does when you're on the track is amazing. The physics that are involved with this game are second to none. Like the the Formula One game is 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 really good. This is fucking next level. So the way that you um, slow down bikes into corners, um, the way that you you lean and move around, and the speeds that you take, they are all very very realistic as to what you would travel in a you know on a real bike. And yeah, wow! It just it works so well. Like it's you're, you're learning that you know it's not just about you know hard brakes because you've got front and rear brakes, so you're you're having to feather those at different times to get you know slow down for corners to make sure that you're controlling through corners. Uh, the leaning stuff is just it's awesome. Like it just you're you're doing these realistic leans um, to to make sure that you actually get enough grip. You got to be going fast enough on these bikes to get through. It is really like a real riding experience or as close as you can get while you've got a controller in your hands so I, I think how they've captured that is just amazing um, how they and one of the things they do and one of the things that made me like go through like a whole race weekend or like you go through all of the free practice sessions and all of the um uh, like just the, the qualifying sessions, you're going through each one of those because every time you do, you go back to the pits, your crew chief talks to you about, okay, how do we need to adjust the bike? And if you're not mechanically inclined and you're like, I need to stiffen the suspension and do all this and that and the other thing, you just tell them it gets wobbly when I go into corners and they automatically make a bunch of changes for you that will help oh, you right. to control so it's, better. It's, it's similar in regards to Formula 1 that you can start off as a, as a novice and then as you start to get used to the mechanics of it, you can just sort of yeah. slowly increase the difficulty it, and stuff like that. It basically just get, like goes through and changes like half a dozen settings automatically for you so you don't have to do it because a lot of people don't know that stuff, right? Like you would literally have to be a mechanic to know that, oh, I need to do this particular thing to the brakes. I need to you know stiffen up the suspension on the rear end to help me control better. If you don't know that stuff, the game tells you that stuff and helps you through it and it, it makes it so much better. So... You go through each of the tracks. All of these settings are going to be different for every single track because there's temperature differences which impact your tire settings. Um, there's um, you know there's more corners, more straights. You need you know different settings for each of them. So you go through each of the race weekends in great detail and learn how to be better with your bike so that you're putting in great lap times by the end of it. Um, where you might just be you know almost failing to make the corners on the first couple of laps. So. Just that that level of detail that they put into this is is really awesome. I think they've done such a good job of capturing uh, the experience of riding the bike and helping you to understand why you know the things are happening the way that they are. So from a like physics engines, all the rest of it, that's you know top notch, and it, it stands right up there with the um, the F one title in terms of realism and sim experience for for racing. Be interesting to know, of course, when the you know the game of the year episode pops along at the end of the year, whether you know this or Formula One will be contenders for you know racing game of the year or sports game of the year because yeah. Formula One is sort of you know when you know when we you know form, when we, when we do the review episode of Formula One uh, twenty twenty. I'm looking forward to you know, let, let's this time rather than getting on two separate consoles, whether there is cross crossplay or not. Being like, cool, Xbox copies. We're, we're fucking we're properly racing each other now or or because yeah. you know this formula one this year is going to be um uh you make your own you make the what is it the 
the 11th team. Yeah. Um, yeah. So whether it'll be like, cool, well, me and Fuzzy are going to be the 11th team. Let's race you know, Ferrari and Red Bull and Mercedes. Be pretty and cool. <laughs> yeah, like that would be that cooperative fun. Yeah, and look, and they do a lot of that stuff with this game as well. So there's, um, so I played through a career mode. Um, you can go in as whoever you are. You know, you get picked up by a team, and they they don't really worry about you know how many teams there are in the in, in the comp. They just go, you're picked up by a random team, and you're racing MotoGP. That's fine. But oh yeah, cool. But you you get to customize from the ground up. Um, your your rider look, your helmet, um, your bike look, everything is customized the way you want it. So it just it's so cool. Like the customization level, I think. Like with I keep using F one as a comparison because it's pretty much a direct comparison, despite being different sports. Like just the the quality of the game, like the the customization options in um, the F one game from twenty nineteen were very limited. Um, they they kind of let you change. You know, they had a couple of skins and a couple of different like you know, yeah. colors, and it was it was a little bit like oh you can put this one, so you can either have a blue version or a green version or a red version kind of thing. So. I kind of think that they, they've they one-upped them here with this particular edition. But I believe that, like you said, I think there's going to be a lot of those customization options in the 2020 version of the Formula 1 game. So if it's anything like this, I think you're, you're in for a treat because it's specifically what you want. Everything is exactly the way you want it to be. And it's, it's that's just cool, man. Like when you get into to go into any game and make it 100% the way you want it, that's uh, that's a plus, right? You get to tailor your experience for riding a bike or doing whatever. That's that's a massive plus. So they've knocked it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think the biggest detractor on this game, and if, I mean I've said a lot of positive things about it, but the biggest detractor is that anybody who's played the the 2019 version um, will have a very similar experience. So it's one of those games that they've, you know, they've released a bunch of different editions year on year. And for since, like, I think the last big change was 2017. So 2018 and 19 are very similar. They've changed some of the, some things about it. There's some uh, braking mechanics and um, tire wear stuff that's a little bit different, but it's very minute changes. So they're corrections rather than um, overhauls. But when you've got a game this good, like, you don't want to change it that much. You want to just keep making it better, and that's what they've done. I will say that's not for not for MotoGP and not necessarily Formula One, but that's it's recently hit Game Pass NBA Two K Twenty, which you reviewed last year. Yeah. Um, and I'd played. I think the previous one I played to that was maybe eighteen, maybe nineteen, but I think eighteen was the last one I played. And I remember that if you wanted something like tattoos or or if you wanted to run around with old school high top converse on the on the you know, on the court stuff like that yeah. you needed to be famous enough to have a sponsorship yeah. by converse or you needed to have enough money in regards to not currency premium currency but you needed to have enough money as a as a player to actually afford a tattoo and I'm like cool I get that no problem that's fine but with playing 2K20 it's like no you need to have premium currency to buy shoes yeah. you need to have premium currency to have a haircut you need premium currency if you want to have tattoos. I'm like, I'm not spending thirty dollars in real game after spending seventy dollars to if you did buy it uh, to customize my character. I should be able to customize my character any fucking way I want after spending sixty dollars on a fucking game. Yeah. If I want to give him tattoos on my forehead. 
that's what I'm doing. I'm not spending an extra $20 on top of that to purchase a tattoo. Like, yeah. and, and that's why I think like stuff like MotoGP, they're slowly, oh, MotoGP, Formula One, you know, even games like, say like FIFA, they're, they're slowly adding in updates. But with NBA 2K, it was like, cool, you like tattoos and you like, you know, wearing old school Converse. Now you have to pay for it with premium currency. Like it's yeah, just that it's- massive leap rather than a progressive step. Oh, and that was that was one of my big detractors, and I think I mentioned it in my my review of Two K Twenty when it came out. Was it just like the monetization stuff is is terrible in that game? It's I think you can have enough of a good experience. It's it's as bad as like Modern Warfare. That like from monetization perspective, like they've they just take the piss. Um, but you can have a good enough experience with the vanilla game um, if you don't want to go in and you know buy you know spend real world dollars to get those Converse high tops. You can still have a good enough time with the core game itself. So I think yeah, games like you say, games like this, like um, you know the Formula One, they are they are hardcore sims. They're less arcadey, but they are the experience that you get with them is exactly what you want it to be and i think if they did something like that for you know for your mbas your 2k20s if they started bringing in a bit more of that with fifa i think they would be become better quality games um, but they're going to lose money on it so at the end of the day we're probably not going to see it um, just because of the monetization factor they make too much cash from too many people to say no to it so yeah, it's 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 one of those like I I just picked it up on Game Pass and like I I, I like the NBA games and I you know of course heard and and watched your you know in regards to your review and the the expressions on your face as you were talking about because yeah we weren't in quarantine at the time <laughs> but you talking about NBA two K and I'm sitting there going nah this can't be right and then played it and just went look I played one game I played a handful of games I got drafted to the to the Knicks mm. and then went cool I want to customize my character I want him, I want him to make him look like me I want to cover him in tattoos yeah. I want to make him bald in the beard and it's like cool that'll be 30 dollars $30 in real life and went in uninstall immediately yeah. no no and that's and that's one of the the experiences that I had I love I love those games and I think they're they're really good fun and they used you used to be able to do all of that stuff in the 2018 version you could um, but now you can't. So, look, no, no more NBA 2K20. Like, yeah, no more. Good games, good uh, games. Good games. But, yes, no, like, MotoGP, like, I love this game. I think it's a lot of fun. I think there are there are not enough really great new things happening. I think I experienced that as well with um, uh, with FIFA, with NBA 2K. Like, they, bring, they keep bringing these things out, and they're not changing them enough. I want to see big steps from these guys yes you know they've got a good thing going but i need to see big progressive steps to make me want to like to to give this like five stars and i can't because of the fact that they just didn't do enough new things to this game um but as it is though i think it's a really great game if you're into motorcycle racing even like just on a casual basis you're gonna love this i i freaking love it and i will be playing a lot more of it um check it out now i'm gonna give it four stars so damn yeah it's still it's a really really good game um and yeah it's missing a bit of the as with the formula one thing when um when we tried to do the career mode and it was just like there was just a little bit of blandness to it there's a little it bit started out really good in regards to form like when you play in formula two and it's like oh yeah. he's coming from the inside he's damaged his wing and now it's just like race race yeah race yeah. like it's just that that 
I think with it with frozen the, water flavored of ice cream. Yeah, and like with this uh, because they've given it a sim experience, like they don't, you know, motorcycle riders don't have radios in their helmets. They have people holding up signs telling them stuff. So you race the whole time without commentary, which is, I think they could add that to it, and it won't detract away from the game. Um, so yeah, little things like that, little changes like that, turn this from a excellent sim to a great game. So that's. We'll see um, what happens in uh, future editions, but that's how, how it is for now. Um, there we go, mate. That's this week. It's been a great week, a busy week doing that. Um, we're going to be back next week. I'm going to talk about some indie games next week that I've been playing. Um, I've just posted up a video of um, a game that I'm into right now called Noita, which I recommend you get into. Um, it's stupidly good fun. Um, that's going to be talked about next week, and we'll talk about more than a, more other games, all sorts of stuff. It's all, all happening. Um, but as always, mate, it has been a lot of fun with you this week. Thank you for joining me again. That's right. I didn't have to go far. Um, <laughs> and I can be audibly sourced without looking like a fool. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, um, this is Prezzy Dan reminding you that if you're having a good time with your games, that's great. If you're not having a good time with your games, you got to get good. This is Judy reminding you to play with each other and play with yourself, you freak. Yeah. <laughs>